I love it. Thank you, Nick. That was, that was a great intro. Last week, Pastor Darren started off our series called Before Google, and we're talking about wisdom. And hopefully you took up his challenge that he gave to us about going through uh, and reading for five, five times the first chapter of Proverbs. And boy, I, I was, I'm in the process of doing that. I was on vacation, and so I just watched his message a couple days ago, and so I'm still in the process of reading my five times. But uh, it is so foundational to where we're going with this series, because wisdom is so important. In a world where there's so much knowledge and very little wisdom, we've got to figure out where do we go. And the book of Proverbs is an amazing place to start. My... Uh, my family. I have five kids. My name is Trent Redmond, by the way. I'm the campus pastor here, if I haven't met you yet. So glad you're here with us today. And I have five kids. And with five kids, you have an opportunity to learn about wise and, okay, I'll be honest, mostly unwise decisions that five kids find themselves in. And I'll, I usually try not to share names, but this one I'm going to share just because um, they get money. If I share with their name, they get money. If I share in general, they don't. So I think they'll be happy. Um, but Elisha, he's currently seven, right? Yeah. And, and when he was about three years old, he, we had been talking about learning things and what's hot and what's not and what to, what to touch, what not to touch. But he's always been someone who's wanted to experience things on his own. He doesn't like necessarily trusting what you say. He wants to know for sure what you're talking about. And so on Sunday mornings, um, I am just amazed, by the way. We have such a, a great team of people who come and serve every single week, setting up and tearing down. But the people who I think are doing an even a more amazing job are the, the spouses of those who let their family, other spouse, come and serve. Guys or girls come in and serve. The other person is at home getting their kids ready. That's just an amazing feat. And in our family, that means five kids getting ready. And on one Sunday morning... Uh, Melinda was doing some final touch-up ironing on some things and had put away the ironing board, set the iron on the kitchen counter and unplugged it and had run to, you know, get cereal for some of the kids or whatever. And, and here Elisha comes along and he sees this steaming hot iron. And he's thinking, oh, hot. So he takes his little, little two, three-year-old hand and puts it right on the hot iron pulls it back, and it just instantly starts to turn white. And, and Melinda rushes to the hospital, and we're thinking, is he going to have a permanently scarred hand now because he was curious, and he didn't trust our idea of what, what hot was. Let me tell you, he understands what hot is now. He has never done anything like that again. But we went there, and we were so thankful that it was just the first few layers of skin, and he didn't have any permanent scarring, but he came back, and, and he had a, white bandages for the next few days, and, and, and he's all okay now. But I got to tell you, with wisdom, there are two ways to learn things. One is through consequences. And so many people learn through consequence. But there's a much better way. It's through wisdom. Let me try to explain the difference. Wisdom, wisdom is, imagine that you got a steep cliff and, and you set up a fence at the top of a, of a mountain. They're trying to keep you from falling to sudden death. Wisdom is the fence, helping you to realize, caution, danger ahead, stop here, don't go farther. Consequence is when you go over the edge and you find yourself being scraped up off the ground. You know what I'm talking about? Too many of us, we choose to want to learn 
by consequence instead of by wisdom. So today I want to help us learn the benefits that there are to wisdom. And how do we discover that? The Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 3, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. See, you and I don't have enough time and we don't have a high enough pain threshold to have all of everything we learn by experience. If we do, we're going to be pretty miserable in life. And I'm so thankful that we can learn from the wisdom of others. And primarily, we get to learn from the wisdom in Scripture. We get to learn through so many stories that God has, has given to us that we can learn the good, the bad, the ugly. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In all your ways, submit to him. You know, to do that, you got to hang around. You got to hang around Jesus, get to know him. I was reading through Luke chapter 10 recently, and I was thinking about Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha were people who were really close to Jesus. And I was thinking about Mary and the difference between her and Martha. Mary sat down. When Jesus was teaching, when he was talking, she she was just amazed. And she just wanted to spend time with Jesus. She was drinking in every word that he said. She was right there next to him. And Martha was busy doing all kinds of stuff. She was running around making sure all the coffee cups were full. Okay, whatever they do back. She was doing making sure all the hospitality, which is awesome. But in that moment, I would so much rather be Mary hanging around Jesus. Can you imagine? Like Lazarus is there. The disciples are there. And just to be in that room. I mean, she was so amazed and so overwhelmed and so in awe of Jesus that she took what was most valuable, and she broke open this, this vial of perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet. Wow. I wish I could have seen that. I wish I could have been there. To experience the time firsthand, gaining that kind of a wisdom from Jesus himself. I love that. But you and I have the opportunity to gain wisdom from the Lord every single day. Do you realize that there are over four Hundred people in the Bible that we get to learn from. We get to learn their stories. We get to learn all the different ways that they have, that they have uh, learned things in their lives. We get to gain from their experience, their consequences. Sometimes I'll talk with people who are newer to following Jesus. And, and I've actually had someone come and tell me this. They said, Trent, I, I just don't want to read the Bible because it's all about these perfect people. They never have any problems. I don't, I, that's not my life. My life isn't perfect. I don't want to read the Bible. Well, they haven't read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, the Bible is filled with raw stories of real people who are going through real crisis situations. I mean, some of them are not G-rated. Some are not PG-rated. Some are not even, I mean, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty explicit. Some are pretty bad situations. And as you read through God's word, you get to learn from their experiences and gain wisdom that is going to keep you 
from going through every mistake yourself because you do not need to, you do not have the time to do that. The Bible has, has so many people from all different stratospheres of life. There are kings, there are men, there are women, there are prostitutes, there are fishermen, prophets. There are all kinds of different types of people that we get to learn from in their, star, their stories. God shows us the good in their life. He shows the bad. He doesn't hold it back. Why does he do that? 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 tells us. It says, these things in Scripture happened to them as examples for us. Every day, if we'll take the opportunity to do it, we can learn from God's examples that he's got for us. How much is this worth to get wisdom in your life? In the past 10, 15, 20 years, uh, a new trend has been happening in the executive world of executive coaching, which is an amazing thing. Coaches come along great leaders and help them to ask great questions and draw out leadership and draw out incredible potential and bring wisdom into situations that people face and deal with conflict management and deal with all these different things. And, and, and some of those, those coaches, I mean, it could cost an executive leader a lot of money. I mean, maybe on the low end, it costs a thousand bucks a month to be able to get access to a cell phone number and have a mentoring conversation. And those are all great things to do for leaders to invest in coaching. I, I believe in that. That's awesome. But I think, man, how much more is available right at our fingertips every single day of all these stories, all this wisdom that we get to drink in ourselves. That's why we're so passionate about soap. You hear about it all the time. And some of you who are new here today, you're saying soap. You're talking about, you know, junior high, they need to, like, use deodorant, soap. No, soap, it's just an acronym. It talks about, about how, how we want to have a daily time with God. And we, have a, we, we challenge everyone who's a part of our church to read two chapters of Scripture a day and then to apply that to their lives. And you can read all about that online. If you go to rivervalley.org and you can read about soap and what that's all about. But we want you to experience not just on Sundays, but every single day of the week, the wisdom that God's word has for us. The Bible tells us that your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. And I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. See, when you spend some time with Jesus in prayer and doing your soap, taking some time to read those two, verse, two chapters, there are going to be moments where you experience what Joseph's life was like. It's, like, it's almost like you're, you're there when, when you experience what family betrayal was like and how, how Joseph experienced the promise of God for his life in the midst of the betrayal he went through. Man, if you're there, that's a lesson about wisdom and handling that situation that you can learn. Or think about Moses. All of his days traveling around in the deserts all those years. And I think about how he had to navigate complaining people as a leader. I mean, you can sit down and you can learn some incredible things, some life lessons from Moses and how he experienced that. Or think about David. Kind of sitting at David's feet, and you can you can learn the pain and the heartache that he went through as he was dealing with his own child's rebellion. 
If you're there, there are wisdom lessons right in Scripture that we can, that we can go to and we can unlock. Just have a few points about the benefits of wisdom I want to share with you before we leave today. The first one is this. is that wisdom will guide your decisions. Wisdom will guide your decisions. There's so much of wisdom available if we just simply crack open the book. If we just simply allow ourselves to spend time with Jesus and let truth sink in. Because there's so much knowledge out there. But knowledge is not the same as wisdom. There's so much knowledge out there of everyone, especially everyone has an opinion, but where do you go when there's so much being written, when there's so, I mean, there's, you can never catch up on all of the, the blogs being written, all the newspapers being written. You could never read enough in one day to do all that. Where do you go? Come back to the source of truth, to God's word, and you discover there's so much more. In fact, great leaders in our country have said this. I, Put a few uh, quotes together I wanted to share with you. George Washington, he says, It's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Abraham Lincoln said, The Bible is the best gift God has given to man. Without it, we could not know right from wrong. Theodore Roosevelt, which if you're from North Dakota, that's, hey, way to go, Theodore. Uh, a, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. All these great leaders, they agree. The Bible is so foundational for getting wisdom in life. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Way too many times I've been up at night and I've, I've had to I hear a baby crying and I know it's time to get the bottle. And Melinda will say, I don't do this as often as I'm saying I do right now. But, but I'll just say it for the sake of illustration. Uh, when, when you walk out there and, and it's dark and you stub your toe and you're like reaching for, for like the light switch, it's painful to walk in the dark. And no one looks good in the dark. You just don't. You're going like this and you're trying to find. And you just can't look cool in the dark. But I'm so thankful that God, God's word gives us light for our feet, for our path. He shows us the next step. We don't always get a chance to see where it's going to be all the way down here. But we can see the next step in front of us. God's word tells us he is going to give us light for our next step. And we can take that step in confidence knowing that he is going with us. and He's going before us. See, there's so many things that help us in our faith. So many good things. I'm so glad that you're here on a holiday weekend. I know there are a lot of you who decided to wake up and you're a little tired. I'm coming. I want to worship Jesus together with, with our church family. And you came today. I'm thankful for that. So thankful that many of you are involved in, in, in life groups, which are the heartbeat. We've got to get people connected to each other, helping us to grow. Uh, there's so many great Christian books that have been written. And they're, they're wonderful resources. And I encourage you to read Christian books. But there's a problem with those three things. And that's the one problem is this, that they're all processed food. They're all, they're all, and if you're like my wife, you just, you were anti-processed foods in our house and we're trying to do more natural, good, organic stuff. But it's important that we also feed ourselves daily the raw truth of God's word in our life. And not just rely upon the latest podcast. Not just rely upon the, the latest TV preaching, which is great and amazing. All those things are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. And we need to have all those things. The Bible says we need to gather together. We're supposed to do that on a regular basis. 
And I love it when people say, Trent, I'm growing every week. And I'm saying, yes, that's great. But I want you to grow every single day. I want you to grow every day in your relationship with Jesus. Here's the second thing about wisdom. Wisdom will help you succeed. Joshua 1.8 says, Study this book of the law continually, the Bible. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only then will you succeed. And the kind of success he's talking about, we're not talking about like having more money than he ever dreamed of in the big yacht. Those aren't wrong. It was just when you have more resources, God just entrusts you with more to do more for his kingdom. All those things are great, but that's not what I think he's talking about. Real success in life comes to following what God's plan is for your life and accomplishing that. And you can't do that without wisdom. You can't do that without going back to him and discovering the ways that he wants you to walk in life. Otherwise, you're going to be too busy scraping yourself off the floor because you've gone and experienced too many consequences and you've had so much time of healing because you keep on going off the cliff. God's word wants to give us wisdom. He wants to put the fence up. He wants to help us realize that you don't have to go through all the consequences over and over and over and over. Last week I was on vacation and went to the great state of North Dakota. That's where I'm from. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was there. Yes. Um, and we were at the Theodore Roosevelt um, National Park, Medora. If you've ever been there, it's a cool little musical we were at. And, and, and we were driving through the countryside and, and we were and as we were driving, um, I saw that they were repairing some, some uh, guardrails. I know some of you are, are already, you're saying, this is made up, this is North Dakota. They don't need guardrails in North Dakota. There's nothing, that, you can be 80 miles an hour, go off the road, you'll not notice, right? It's so flat. But that's not, that there actually are some places where they have guardrails. And I saw them, they were putting some things up, especially around the, the Badlands, because there are some pretty steep cliffs off the side of the road. And... The thing about guardrails is this, is that guardrails, uh, they're actually like set back about five feet away from where the real, real danger is, right? They're about five feet back. They got the guardrails set up there. And, and if you run into a guardrail, you're going to damage your car. But not nearly as bad as the damage you're going to have if you go five feet farther and you go over past where the danger zone is into the death-defying fall that's ahead. So I, as I was watching them repair these guardrails, I was thinking about a study that I had, had taught one time with Andy Stanley. And he had a, a, a series on guardrails. And he talked about how guardrails are, are so important in life. Because guardrails, uh, the subtitle of his book was Avoiding Regrets in Your Life. See, because guardrails are designed to keep your vehicle from going off into dangerous and off-limit areas. And guardrails aren't something that we like to talk about in our own personal lives. Because many of us, we like to live with adventure and we want to go right to the limit. We want to have our toes on the edge. Who wants to have guardrails? That's too safe. Our culture constantly is baiting us. They'll, they'll, they'll bring us right to the edge and they'll say, oh, you can do that. Go a little farther. Go a little farther. And once you go over the edge, man... They are going to slam you. They are going to 
eat you up, spit you out. The culture is so fickle. My challenge for us today is to take a step back to wisdom and realize the benefit of putting guardrails in our lives. Now, there's a difference. Hey, let me just jump into another, another um, illustration here, maybe help to illustrate that. Because the point is this, is that you might, you might get some damage here. But you're going to have a lot more damage over the edge. One of the th- times where I wished there were more guardrails in my life was when Melinda and I went on a, on a baby moon to uh, Hawaii. You know, the, when you go there, Melinda was about three months pregnant with Riley at the time. And so, and so we were there, and, and just a little bit of wisdom for some guys who are thinking about taking their pregnant wife to Hawaii. Um, maybe not the best time. Because here, here's the deal. We, we, uh, we, we decided to go on the road to Hana. You guys ever been, anyone ever gone on the road to Hana? A few of you out there? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. The road to Hana has the most hairpin sharp turns of any road in, in the entire United States of America. And you go, you can't even see all these blind turns that are there. And you're driving and you're, I thought the whole point of, of the road to Hana was to get to Hana. And it's not. The, there's, the Hana is like a gas station. The, the whole thing is it's beautiful on the way there, but I was so white-knuckled because there's no guardrails. I'm thinking, this is great. And then plus, I have my, my, my morning-sick wife sitting next to me, so every turn she's feeling like, oh, this isn't very wise. This isn't a good idea. And she's not feeling good at all. And we go through, and then, and then I have this other great idea, which is not, by the way, guys, I'm, it's a joke. Uh, my great idea was, when you sign a rental contract in Hawaii on, for Maui, they say, uh, if, if you get into any problems past Hana, we're not going to help you out because the roads are so bad. Well, we saw on the map that Charles Lindbergh had his grave back just a little bit farther, just a few more miles. And we thought, well, can't be that bad. So we decided to go past what the, what the, the, the records say to do and the, the rental agreement. And we decided to go beyond there. And we thought, this will be fun. So we go... And this is 13 years ago, so I don't know what it's like today. But we go, and, and we go past this turn, and all of a sudden we realize, oh, wow, we should not have done this. This is bad. This is not good. And so we're turning around, and, and there's like a sheer drop-off cliff with beautiful scenery. You see the ocean, but there's no guardrail. It is one lane of traffic. We're thinking if another car comes, we're, we're dead because there's no way to get out of this thing. And so we can't go backwards because I don't want to drive backwards now because I can't see where I'm going. And I don't want to go forwards. And then I'm realizing the road's kind of washed out. There's been a lot of rain, and so there's mud going across this thing. And I'm thinking, I, I'm already envisioning the, the, the headlines in the paper. You know, pastor and his wife dies on a stupid trip in Maui making this unwise decision. And, and, and so we're doing that. We finally, finally, after a long time, we get down there, and we can finally find this little place to turn around we never did find the grave because we were so petrified. And I just realized there are some dumb things that you can do. And I, I appreciated guardrails more in my life from that moment on than ever. Because we need guardrails to keep us from living life in fear. And when you can have those moments in your life where you choose ahead of time, where you set the guardrail, there's so much freedom. There's so much joy that comes. You might be able to legally borrow way more money than what you do. But perhaps you've come to a point in your life where you say, this is the wise thing to do. I'm going to set a limit on how much I'm going to borrow. 
And I'm not going to find myself so enslaved to my lender that I'm losing my freedom. Think, oh, it's so much fun. I can get the freedom. I can get the, you know, the $50,000 car. They'll let me do that. I can legally do that. They're going to actually give me the loan. But it may not be the wisest thing for your current situation that you're in. Wisdom is, is taking a step back from what's legal to what's wise. And I'm not talking about making these up for other people. I'm not talking about putting guardrails up for people who you know, for your brother-in-law, for your sister or mom and dad. I'm talking about for you. Where you personally decide, this is what I'm doing. I'm not talking about legalism here, okay? Because can, this can so easily turn into legalism. It can easily turn into, well, because I'm making this decision here, you're wrong if you take another step or do something different. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about making a wise decision for you that keeps you from the edge of the cliff. I'm talking about the reality of, in in today's crazy culture, when you sense there's this, this tension going on at the workplace, and you think, I know where this could lead. Maybe there's, there, there's a, a gal who's there, and you know in the right situation, that could go a wrong direction. And so you set up some boundaries. And you, it's nothing that's, nothing even wrong has happened, but you decide you're going to put boundaries in your life to prevent things from ever happening. As a pastor, I have never once been at a wedding with the groom right behind, like before things start. It's one of the coolest moments. I love those moments, being with the groom. It's usually just the pastor and the groom are together. And I've never had at one time ever a groom say, yeah, you know, I think this marriage, we're going to make a good six months of it. You know, there's this gal at the office. That's what I'm really thinking about, you know, next. And uh, Never, never. We always are planning to go forever, but we just don't plan not to. We, let me say it this way. We can... No one plans to fail, but we just fail to plan. No one plans to go down a road that they, that they know is going to ruin their family, cause all kinds of heartache. They just don't plan not to. They don't have the wisdom to put in those boundaries in place to save all the heartache that's there. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, There's a way that appears to be right, but at the end... It leads to death. Jesus did this so clearly in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. He would say many times things like this. He would say, you've heard it said, do not murder. But he puts the boundary marker way farther back. He says, don't, don't even hate. You've heard it said, don't have adultery. He brings the line way back and he says, don't even look lustfully at a woman. That's so important for us to realize today. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, it says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Be careful how you live. Be careful how you walk. Be careful the steps you take. People are not looking for Others who have all kinds of knowledge. They're looking for people who have wisdom. And the difference between knowledge and wisdom to me is 
Wisdom is those who walk in the knowledge and they put action steps to truth. Be that kind of a person. Ephesians 5.17 Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We know so much more than we actually do. I think our greatest challenge as a church is not more information, but more application. Our greatest challenge isn't to be people who learn more about love, but to be more loving. So many people know all that there is to know about joy, but they're not joyful. I want to be people who live out and not just know about. Let me just be super practical. My action steps, my challenge for you today is this. Put boundaries in your life. Put guardrails in place. And decide today. I have a friend of mine who loved Jesus. I knew him pretty well. He was actually my guitar teacher. I actually took guitar. Don't ask me to play ever. But I got to know him. And I was watching the news one night. KSTP in here. See his face on a sex sting operation. Prostitution ring. My heart just broke. Wow, how did you go from here to over the edge and destroyed the family, embarrassed everything? Just how did you get there? Because he didn't have wisdom. Because all of a sudden we're back here who's thinking, oh, I can't think lustfully or he went way beyond that. All the guardrails were down. Crashed and burned. So much hurt that happens from those moments. So much hurt. Some of you might be saying, Trent, what if I've already gone over the edge? Nice message, but I've crashed and burned right now and I'm feeling so much hurt in my life. I'm living in the consequence moment right now. I am so thankful for our Heavenly Father who has like the heavenly tow truck who comes along when we're off the side of the road, way down, everything seems hopeless. But he's here today to come to bandage your wounds. He's here to come and to say, I love you. He's not going to rub more salt into the wound as we come to him and say, please help me. He's here to help. So for you, if you find yourself there, our prayer teams are going to be available down front. They would love to pray with you. If you find yourself in the midst of a consequence that happened this past week or a consequence that happened three or four years ago and you're still in the hurt of that, they want to pray with you because Jesus is here to help heal and soothe your wounds from the consequences. For others of you, my challenge for you, if you're sensing some areas in your life, whether it's financial or ethical, whatever these issues may be, would you today make a decision before you find yourself in that situation again? Back up a little bit. Put the guardrail up. Not because you have to, but because Jesus wants you to live life to the full.
That's why he's come. Not to give us a bunch of rules. He wants to keep you from wrecking your life. So let him come in. Let him heal your wounds. Let him give you wisdom to live this life. Father, thank you so much for helping us today. Helping us today to realize your amazing love. That you would be willing to give us so many stories of people who followed you. Learn from their failures. Learn from their successes. Learn wisdom. My biggest desire is for every single person in this room to experience all that you have in store for them. To experience the joy of life in you on purpose, accomplishing all that's in store. And so today we come against the enemy who would love to see us off track, off the road, in the ditch. And we're saying today, Lord, I am choosing to follow after you. I want to stay on your path. I want to keep my eyes on you. Help us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. When a prayer team's come down front and they're going to uh, be available to, to pray with you if you, have, if you have any prayer need, regardless of it, if it's this message or not. And um, we just want to be able to be here to pray with you. And um, thank you for being here today. Have a blessed 4th of July weekend. We'll see you guys next week.